Hello and welcome everyone to the North Davis Podcast, where we have conversations about faith in Jesus, what's going on in our lives, the world around us, and how those things all interact. I'm your host and friendly neighborhood youth minister, Chris. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the ND Pod, episode 3, coming at you now. I do want to make a quick announcement up front, and it's more of an apology really. You're going to hear quite a different style of audio this week. Uh, while we did get to record this podcast uh, with Merritt J., uh, our third senior to be interviewed, it was uh, with some technical difficulties, and so I've uh, been really uh, perhaps lucky so far that we haven't had more technical difficulties, uh, but this week when we recorded it, the issue I think is that we actually were picking up the audio through the built-in microphone on my computer where we're running the program for the recording. Uh, So you'll hear uh, at times, uh, really the whole way through, you're going to hear a slightly different timbre to the voices versus the better quality from the first two weeks. And you may also notice uh, that Merit is a little bit softer, and I've made some edits on my end so that it's a little bit more balanced, but uh, the bottom line is he was just sitting farther away from the computer, uh, and it turns out if you uh, leave the podcasting equipment plugged in for a while, sometimes it doesn't work as well, and so kind of like when your computer's on the fritz, uh, you just got to give it a good restart, turn the mixer off and back on, plug everything uh, back in uh, after taking it out, and just kind of give it a good restart, and it works again. So hopefully we shouldn't have this issue again. I know what the problem is, uh, but did want to make that uh, announcement on the front end here. Uh, but do enjoy this interview with Merritt J. It is a good one. All right, North Davis, we're here on ND Pod week three. We're, this is our third of four seniors. We finally got one of the fellas in to record, and this week it's Merritt J. Merritt, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, this is kind of fun. I asked Avely, she did the first one, and I was like, hey, do you mess around with podcasts at all? Do you listen to it? And she's like, no, they do not interest me at all. <laughs> do you, like, do you have I any have, podcasts that you listen to? I've or? got a few, so I don't really like, there's one called, I watched the, what is it called, the Pat McAfee show Yeah. that he does, it's sports, and then also kind of to keep up with the LA kind of tiktok scene and like youtube scene i watched the logan okay. paul one it's called impulsive it's impulsive called impulsive like, like wordplay on his name yeah Interesting. logan paul so okay his brother is jake paul who's a boxer so, huh i don't know they're yeah kinda, i haven't heard they're kind of big they're, they've okay. got millions of followers and it stuff. feels like just about anybody who gets big in one platform or another like ends up just recording what they do oh, 100%. and then sends the audio file yeah. to the podcast and then i also listen to uh dave portnoy the barstool guy. Oh, okay. Sports. Yeah. He does one with Josh Richards, and they call it the BFS podcast, and they talk about stuff that's just going on in the YouTube and TikTok and everything scene. Yeah. Does I was asking somebody about this earlier. I had no idea. Does TikTok have payouts like YouTube does? Yeah, it's it's not a lot. You have to have a certain number of followers, I think, and then it's like. A quarter of a cent per view. Per view after like, like five hundred thousand followers. Probably like, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, because I know people are like making it big on YouTube. Like we're living in a generation of people that 
but like what do you want to be when you grow up and they're like youtuber sure you know so i don't know if tiktoker will be the next thing maybe like those platforms seem to come and go though i mean whenever i was fifth or sixth grade vine was around and now it's non-existent dude that's true like it's basically the same thing tiktok and vine is basically yeah that's interesting i wonder what it is about the like if vine was just a little early like not everybody had smartphones seven years ago. I don't know. I don't know. I think something happened in the corporate where they kind of failed or something. Oh, that seems like, very popular. They shut it down. They shut down the app. It's not a thing anymore. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. I thought it was just so, unpopular. No. Okay. So and then Musical.ly came around, which was like for all of them. I remember that frenzy. Not not interesting at all. Yeah. It kind of lasted for about three or four months. And then TikTok kind of came in. Yeah. Now other platforms are trying and... I've heard people wonder if like somehow TikTok will be a new way to like get people into movies. Like if you got to be famous on TikTok, then people would be like, oh, let's pull this person in and give them two lines in this episode of a TV show or a movie. Yeah. You know, I like mean, if you were a good actor and making yeah. good content. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the celebrities right now are, are that got famous from TikTok are going to uh, music. Oh, like interesting. Becoming artists, like oh, I have sixty million followers. I'm gonna pursue music. Yeah, and make, get a record deal. Make a bunch of money from it because yeah. my name, not because I'm that good. There's a person trending right now in the Christian music deal, and she literally made her album like entirely in her bedroom, like really? just with her computer. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, and it was like somebody was interviewing her and said, you know, like what kind of guitar do you use? And she's like, guitar center guitar. Like she didn't know like hardly really? anything, but she, she used like the free version of an app. It only had like 12 tracks. That's awesome. And then she like made a top album. So. That's crazy. Yeah, I think that's the cool thing about all the apps and everything else that's available. It's like just about anybody who has the brain to be creative can create. 100%. Yeah, because there's people that would never have the opportunity to make anything and now they can do whatever they want. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, we were talking on the way in this afternoon as we're recording uh, about your parents first coming here in the 90s. So you're one of our indie originals, right? Like you lifers, don't know. Yeah. Lifers, yes. Yeah. That's the sentence. Yeah. You don't know anything different, right? No, not at all. Yeah. So what's it been like growing up at North Davis? We were just looking at the reconstruction that's happening and you were kind of reflecting on your parents' experience coming here. You know, it's crazy that 18 years have gone by and it's gone by in a flash, you know? I mean... North Davis is my home. I mean, right. I don't really. It's kind of. It's not. We're gonna need to cut that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to say it. Yeah. So North Davis has always been like. There for me every Sunday, every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I'm going there, and I'm glad my parents have always pushed me to go because, it's really a family that I can always lean on, and I've always leaned on it for sure, and. I mean, it's almost like habit now. If I don't go to church on Sunday, I'm thinking about North Davis in the back of my head because for my whole life, I've been a baseball player. And Sunday weekend tournaments are not always the best with church schedules. So missing church on a Sunday was always a something my family never liked to do. But we always decided that we, we would take the one weekend for baseball and the memories rather than coming to church. I mean, but it's always weighed in the back of my mind like, Imagine if I hadn't missed the probably 20 total Sundays of my life playing baseball. Like, how would that change? I don't know if it would change that much, but I mean. Yeah. I think the good news is your batting percentage, speaking of baseball, on hitting Sundays is like way more still than oh, for most sure. people. For sure. like it's like missing it's 20 Sundays in your life. Yeah. yeah. 90% of the time I'm there. So right. At least. When, so, like, when we do research sociologically for church, 
what passes for being a regular attender as far as like checking that box uh -huh. is going one Sunday a month. One? Yeah, month? like sociologically, if you go one Sunday a month, you are a quote unquote regular attender. So like 30% basically? Yeah, yeah between 25 and between 25 and 20, I guess, because some months yeah. have five, some months yeah. have four. That's Sunday. crazy. Yeah, so you, <laughs> anyway, all that to say, so you're much more committed than the average bear. If you're I don't want to try and put it as like, you're a good Christian if you're going to church every Sunday, but like. Sure, I can appreciate that. It's always like, it's been every Sunday I wake up at 9.15 a.m. and get ready for, I guess in COVID times, 9.15, yeah. 8.15 for. As I say, you were making class, class pretty regularly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah. It's always been a part of my schedule every week while other right. friends will say, I love Sunday mornings because I get to sleep in. Get and to chill. Not do much. I yeah. get to go to church and hang out with my church family and friends. And I'm yeah. Like, it's always been something that I've loved and just knowing that I have a backbone to support me through my whole life. For sure. What do you think makes the difference being a person that even on the cusp of graduation, like you're still... Um, wanting to participate, wanting to be involved, it, you know, just what usually happens is, you know, we get our licenses and we get busy with varsity baseball, for example, mm -hmm. that you're involved in or choir or, you know, fill in the blank right, activity. Right. Why do you think that for you, it's still something you're wanting to be a part of and your parents don't have to drag you kicking and screaming to church uh -huh. and everything else? Definitely the relationships that have made the church, knowing that I'll always have friends there to talk to other than my school friends and just I mean just have that family there that family atmosphere is something that I love about North Davis and it's always drawn me there I never feel like I have to get forced to go so just having the backbone of support basically is why yeah that's I'm awesome. always excited to come right I've heard somebody recently describe churches like a weekly family reunion you know? oh for sure I like that perspective yeah, awesome. I think so many of you guys have benefited but you lifers especially yeah talking to talking to Avery a couple of weeks ago you know she expressed some similar sentiments which is really cool uh, well you have kind of a unique situation as far as some of our other seniors in terms of what you want to do in the fall uh, obviously a weird year especially sure. being a baseballer and wanting to play in college mm -hmm. um, so do you have a definitive plan yet? What is what is the goal? What do you hope to be the case in the fall? You know, the goal changes every day. Every day does yeah, it really? Yeah, pretty much. Like, okay. So I'll think That's I have hard to pin basically down. five or six options right now, which is kind of surprising to yeah. hear because I'm basically one month away from making my choice. I have to decide by May 1st. So okay. I've got two schools that I'm only going to go to for school. And I might just try and walk on for the baseball team, mm -hmm. see if I can get a roster spot. You never know. And then I have four schools that are very interested for baseball. I've got offers from them, but they're not as high academic of schools as okay. what my family likes a lot. But sure. They're still good schools, but they're not like, for example, I got into McCombs Business School at Texas. Okay. And okay. the Hardin-Simmons baseball, the Hardin-Simmons business program isn't as Prestigious. Prestigious as sure. the Texas McCombs Business School. That's fair. So, I mean, it's it's definitely something that I have to consider and pray yeah. over, but it's changing every day. Some days I'll sure. say, I mean, I could just go to school and not play baseball or play intramurals, do other things, you know? Right. But then the next day I'll go to baseball practice and be like, I can't, I can't imagine can't not doing this. this for the next four years when I have the yeah. chance to. Harden Simmons, I mean, I'm obviously being an ACU grad, I'm partial to Abilene schools and whatnot, right. but like it's it's not 
Is there is there a D three or D three program? Division three. There are Division three still. Okay. Yeah. Well, but again, I'm partial to Abilene, so I, right. You know. And then ACU is one of my options too, but I mean, I'm considering going there for school and possibly baseball. Like right. Walk on, but yeah. With COVID and everything, the recruiting has been the hardest it's ever been. I'm sure. You ask anybody in the baseball world, and they say, "Our the 2021 class is really struggling because of it." Right. Just because they the NCAA gave everybody an extra year of eligibility that was in school. Oh, baseball. interesting. Yeah. So, a freshman, I could go in like with the 2020 seniors. Uh huh. I could go in as a freshman, the same as them, because they got an extra year of eligibility. Okay. So even if they had played the all the way up to like March 15th of last year, yeah, and gotten all the games before they could redshirt, I still have to. They're still a freshman. Yeah, and that hurts you more right. than them because right? the rosters are still full. Cause right, because they have the a roster seniors, spot. Right, the seniors can stay, the juniors can stay, the sophomores can stay. Right. Everybody can stay and more experience. Right, so that makes it harder. They'd for They'd rather take a fifth-year senior rather than a freshman. Sure. Fresh out of high school. Right, so. that's just way harder to compete at that level. Yeah, so it's yeah, uh, that's tough. It's hard, but okay, I'm praying over it, and yeah, I'll make my decision soon, and I'm sure whatever I choose will work out in the end. Yeah, it's one of those things that I, I don't feel like I've ever had to make a decision quite like that with so many options, um, but I, th- I think it'd be interesting to just get your perspective and let people hear as a as a young man wanting to invite God into that decision making but but also like do you how do you see God's will in this do you imagine that God has a specific school picked out and like if you miss you're wrong or do you see God you know blessing you wherever you go like how do you you know what what's your prayer life if we can kind of zoom in on that what, what are you asking for how do you think God works in that decision making process I mean God's everywhere we all know that God God's in every place Rather, if it's Texas, ACU, Hardin-Simmons, Rhodes College in Memphis, mm-hmm. Richland Junior College in Dallas, he's everywhere, and there's going to be opportunities to get closer to him everywhere. Yeah, People might say ACU is the where I can get the closest to God, but I think <laughs> every school has church ministries that I can be a part of and sure. different organizations that I can join to get with good influences that I can be a part, a part of in college. Yeah. So... It's not necessarily that I'm trying to pick the one that God wants. Like, God already knows where I'm going to go. That's that's my theory. But sure, I don't think he there's a right one to go yeah. to. I think wherever I go, there's going to be some type of there's going to be positive from God in any way. Yeah. So that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying just guidance to find the the right fit for me. Okay. Basically. Yeah, I like that a lot. That perspective of of trusting that God is already aware of your future and right. is, is quite prepared to meet you on that road without dictating like a puppet, like deciding, well, you have to pick this road or your uh-huh. my plan is messed up right, somehow, right, you know? Right. Yeah. Cause it's kind of a paradox where you're like, God knows the future, but also is not like telling me what to do necessarily. And mm-hmm. so anyway, I appreciate the, the thought process yeah, there sure. and wandering through that. Um, speaking of, of pandemic and COVID and how it's affected baseball, just as far as being a senior, you know, we talked a lot about um, you know, seniors last year getting the last bit of their senior year kind of cut off by COVID. And certainly we were a little bit more locked down that mm-hmm. time, but your whole senior year has been defined by this global pandemic. So it, one of the things I've been asking seniors is go back to spring break of 2020 
a year ago, what would you have told yourself a year ago, knowing what you know now and where you're at? What piece of advice would you wanted to give Merit a year ago? That's tough. Because <laughs> my first initial reaction was, I just want to do it the exact same way. I wouldn't. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want. I don't. I wouldn't want my future self to say, "Hey, you've got a whole year of COVID ruining almost everything that you want to do." So, I mean, the only advice that I would give mm. is just stick with it. Almost. I mean, yeah. It's kind of generic, but. Yeah, well, I know I like what you said, which is like, if I knew that it was going to be like this, you might have had a worse attitude, I right, guess yeah, I hear you sure. saying. Yeah, like, yeah. if I had known it was going to stink, like, I wouldn't have wanted to do it, and I might have had a worse attitude, right. I might have not enjoyed it the same. Um, has there been anything about life in the global pandemic where you're like, oh, that's a surprising upside, or anything that was particularly good that's come out of it? I guess more time with family i mean everybody's been saying that but sure my family has so many activities going on my sister's a part of two sports two different club sports i'm a part of baseball football choir all kinds of different activities church activities so it's hard like maybe once once a week we have a meal where we can all just sit down together as a family right and during covid we were able to sit down seven days a week and eat eat meals together and it, yeah it really brought us closer together as a family, but then at the same time, it made us pull our hairs out a little bit. <laughs> but, <laughs> yep. but uh, I think it was a good growing pains to have, you know, sure. as a family. Sure. And it brought us closer together, kind of, I don't know, that's the positive, main positive that I saw. Also, I got to play both of my sports, which yeah. I was worried for a while that we weren't going to get to play at all. Right, that didn't feel like a guarantee right. that you'd be able to, yeah. Especially just senior year, there's so much ceremony and anticipation built around the the capstone oh, year. Yeah. And certainly for football, which you're not planning on, right. on playing no. in the future. And so, you know, that senior night and that last game. And y'all did a round of playoffs or two? No, we didn't make playoffs not this year. This year. Okay. We missed it by one game. Okay. So. Yeah. Frustrating year. We sure. But it's all right. Yeah, that's how it goes. We still got to play. That's right. Yes. They didn't make y'all wear masks on the field or anything, did they? No, but it was pretty our our head coach was pretty strict about it. We only had one COVID case the whole year through That's our good. team. So yeah. Which was the best in the district. So That's good. Yeah, Sarah's made a lot of comments working at Grace that like there's been times where somebody tested positive and then found out about it and then you had to quarantine people at school. But virtually zero, maybe zero times where they've been able to trace it to a person giving it to another person at school? Uh -huh. Has that been your experience? That's just not a lot of kids are giving it to, other, to each other at school, it's outside of school that they're catching it? Or I don't really know because, I mean, I haven't been in school except for athletics. Oh, right, you're just doing everything I'm online. I'm just doing online school. So yeah. the only thing that I've heard of is whenever, I haven't, honestly, I haven't heard anybody get it from school, like a school cause. I've always heard it from outside, like you were asking. So. I think it's definitely the social interactions we have that probably is the main thing that's spreading this virus. So, yeah, I guess the schools are doing a, the best they can or a good job. So, yeah. yeah, they're hoping. I heard that the superintendent of AISD is hoping that next year there will be no virtual option. So, I don't have to worry about that. You so. do not. <laughs> yes, I'm hoping that we could have a fairly normal school year, especially for so. y'all starting somewhere new. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we will see. Yeah, we'll see. Um, reflecting on not just being a lifer and, and all the many years at North Davis, but um, specifically thinking back over the last 
six in youth group and whatnot, are there any particular memories that shine through? Um, maybe it is a, a younger memory, but um, as the youth minister, of course, I'm curious about the last six right, years. And right. It could be a camp, could be a trip. Um, at some point you will hear, uh, if you listen to it, the full-length episode of Anna throwing you under the bus for your comment on stage after uh, the mission trip in Louisiana a couple years ago. Oh, that was I one say? of her favorite memories. You were talking about your experience uh, volunteering at a nursing oh, home. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> and you called it a funeral home. <laughs> yeah, I did. I yes, did. That was so, not my So just so you know, that's moment. one of Anna's favorite okay. youth group memories. Okay. That was not one of mine. I think my face uh, was as red as a tomato that day. Yeah. Have you seen the recording of that? No. Okay. It exists. Does it really? Yeah, both the audio and the visual. Oh, no. <laughs> that better not be in a senior ceremony. You know, I hadn't thought about it until just now, but we could uh, definitely play that on Senior Sunday. That's. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got two memories that really shine out for me. So I think this was the summer before you came. We went to New Iberia, Louisiana. Yes, that's right. So we were supposed to go to Haiti. I think it was Haiti. Mm-hmm. And... I think it was a month or two before they had some government issues like with some I don't really know just something that wouldn't allow us to go it was too dangerous for you mean us like to people go. storming the capital for something yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah something along those lines something that kind of put our stay at risk right know? right to get stranded there or something yes uh-huh. so we made the wise decision in the end to go to New Iberia New Iberia Louisiana out of the bloom, this church let us come. They had some mission week that they were doing, and I mean, at first, everybody that I was talking to was very bummed because yeah. Haiti, Louisiana, like, right? No offense, to Louisiana, but it's not the, <laughs> it's not the best place in the world. Yeah, it's not it's not nobody says yes. I'm going to Louisiana unless you're going for a football game. So yeah, or Mardi Gras right. is really popular. Right, right, but like. I mean, it's Haiti versus New Iberia. We've never heard of New Iberia. Right. We, we were looking it up on the maps on our phones uh-huh. whenever Mark Taylor told us that we were going there. We were like, what? Okay, we're going there. I yeah. mean, we, we have to accept this change. And it really became like a mission trip where we kind of accepted the ability and everything to change quickly and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. flip our mindsets to not helping kids in Haiti, but helping the community around New Iberia, Louisiana. And I think it really helped the whole youth group as a whole and myself to realize that God's working everywhere, kind of like I was talking about through my college search. And no matter where you're going, you're going to find God and the need, people, people's need for your help. And I think it was just a great memory for our youth group, and I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. A lot of good memories with people singing songs every night. I mean, it was just it was a great trip, so I really really love that trip. Yeah, I, I hear a lot of y'all that went remember it really fondly. Um, was there ever a thought in your mind or in anybody else on that team's mind of like, and it may have not been an option financially, you know, uh-huh. you may have been invested at that point, but was, it, was there ever a thought like, I don't know if I want to go or maybe I'll just, you know, skip this one because it's local or, you know, in the States. Right. Not not that I can remember. Okay. Everybody was still eager to go. It was just like a little bit of a letdown. Yeah. I mean, we get to fly versus we get to drive. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, very basic, but like just excitement level wise, you're like, yeah, it wasn't nearly as exciting as flying to Haiti, sure, rather than driving to New Iberia. Yeah, I wonder because there's such that um, 
that appeal of traveling internationally. And I wonder almost if there is because of lower expectations, like you go in like, well, it's not, you know, going to a th another country and, and experiencing a totally different culture, you know, in another place. And so expectations are lower. And then I wonder almost if that paves the road for God to like show you different things, you know? Because oh, sure. we had the same thing happen when I was in high school. We were going to go to Honduras and same kind of thing, like political unrest. We're pulling the mission trip. And we went to Pippa Passes, Kentucky, Whoa. which, yeah, exactly. Same kind of thing. I was like looking it up. Of course, uh -huh. I didn't have a smartphone right, at the time, right, but right. Googling, like, where are we going? Uh -huh. Of course, you know that Kentucky is a state, but you just think basketball right. and fried chicken. And like, Kentucky Derby. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like famous Kentucky things, and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. And then we went to, at least at the time, it was like the poorest county in America. And I had been to Honduras the year before. Okay. And... Minus the weather, like, it was, like, the exact same. Really? Yeah, as far as the poverty and just the, I mean, just people needing help with basic needs and wow. just downtrodden and everything else. And it was just, like, it was, like, I don't think necessarily that God causes the unrest in another country, but kind of the theme of our conversation, right? right? Like, God's working in so many ways in so many places, and it was so helpful in a lot of ways to see, like, there is a community wherever you go. Of people that need to be loved and need to be yeah. talked to and just treated with dignity and um, so anyway, I'm glad the youth group because there was a lot of people that went on yeah, that yeah, trip. Yeah, it was at least I think it was at least twenty. Yeah, I'm there. glad the youth group had that experience. Mm -hmm. um, and shout out to Mark for being the yeah. one youth minister. And the interns, world. I can't remember. I think David that was, was Reagan and David. I yeah, believe. Yeah, Reagan and David. Yeah, they were the ones that actually found the church and everything. So. And now Reagan is there. I don't know if you did. Oh, yeah, she moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember all the details there, and I, I don't really have a close relationship with Reagan, but I know that she moved to, to either work with the church or some yeah, organization like down there. So, I mean, lasting that's, impact that's big time, yeah. yeah. So quite a quite a cool thing uh, for them there. Uh, one of the things that I have, I, I find it interesting to ask, just being a person that really likes research and studying trends and just thinking about generational differences, one of the things that I have found uh, as a millennial is that we get picked on a lot online, especially. And, <laughs> uh, you know, people make jokes about millennials, and we're entitled, I guess, is our bit. I don't, I don't know exactly what the the right. stereotype is, but you guys being Gen Z digital natives, like, do you? What's the bad rap that you guys get? as far as how you perceive it like what is your generation known for and, and that could be some good things or bad things uh, but like how would you describe your age group you know I think it's mainly the fact that since we've been growing up with technology our whole life we kind of like kind of like mill millennials we feel kind of entitled okay. like people think we feel entitled to have all this technology and things but also I think it's the fact that people see us as more lazy I don't know why or like less caring if that makes sense less caring yeah like we don't like we're just sitting on our phones all day we don't care about mm. real interactions real relationships okay. things like that yes I guess that would be a better way to put it right no that makes sense I've, I've definitely heard people say that um, what is your read on the stereotype of you know kids just focused on their phones and they go out to eat and they're on their phones and, and everything else. What's what's your take on that? Well, the people that make these stereotypes don't understand the relationships that we have online. I'm okay. not saying our only relationships are online. Yeah. I have great relationships with people at church, friends at school, 
but it's kind of like another level of a relationship that I think a lot of the people that are making these judgments about us don't mm. understand because they haven't grown up with them. Yeah. Sure, they have Facebook friends, but <laughs> they don't have Snapchat when they're... Yeah, it's a different right. dynamic. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I heard somebody talking once about it and, and kind of the accusation towards people that would be stuck on their phone, for example. And certainly there are people that are uh, addicted to their screen and whatnot, but uh, kind of the accusation is they, Gen Z folks, you guys don't know how to be present where you are. And somebody's counter to that was they're being present somewhere else. Right. Right. And it's, so it's not necessarily a lack of willingness or desire to participate in what's happening around them so much as it is. I'm being present somewhere, but I'm communicating with somebody online, and, and that is often seen as, to your point, seen as invalid somehow. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and as, as long as, you know, I remember talking to, to Avery about hiking and whatnot, and like, you know, every other year we'll go and climb a mountain, right. and we don't have our phones for a week, and nobody says squat, you know, right. and we, right. you know, we're quite happy to put down our phones and participate. Um, when you're playing baseball, you don't think about your phone, no, you know, no, right. It, it would be, and that would be insane to you mm -hmm. if you were in the dugout and people were all on their phones doing right. Snapchat, right? Because you're not being present with something that matters deeply matters, to you. Yeah. yeah. And versus, you know, if I'm waiting in line or sitting, you know, waiting for fill in the blank. And so I'm going to be present doing something else. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I guess you could say it's a better use of our time. That's how right. Think of it, right. Of. We have instant access to the entire world right. <laughs> through our phone. Right. The other thing that I think is funny about the, the label of, oh, you know, teenagers are addicted to technology. And I'm like, you know, when I go out to eat, I don't just see teenagers staring at their phones. Mm -hmm. Right. Like right. <laughs> anybody yeah. that's figured out how to use a smartphone has it's figured out that it's addicting. Yeah. yeah right. They're hooked on it. So now I know my family's rule is no, a lot of families will do this, but no smartphones at the dinner table, things like that. Sure. Or we try and limit it as much as possible. Yeah. It used to be a strict rule, and now it's kind of just habits. So. Sure. But yeah, I mean, I think most people have, have come to an awareness that there's a validity to having screen-free time mm -hmm. in the same way that a lot of people say, like, hey, you know, turn off your computer before you go to bed. You know, sure. Don't have screens on in your room and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's not crazy whatsoever. Um, well, certainly people can be thinking about your decision and be praying for you you know we'll release this episode here in a couple of weeks and um maybe you'll have made a decision maybe you Hopefully. won't but yeah yeah maybe may 1st is coming but um certainly people can be praying uh along with you in that decision but um as they're thinking about you is there anything that you would want to say back to north davis as a as a lifer and as somebody that has um, so many family type relationships that you've talked about uh, for the past 30 minutes or so um, what, what message would you have for the church um, well I guess I could say thank you to everybody that's been a part of my life for 18 great years and I'm never going to forget you guys and you guys will always be my home even if I'm in college when I'm in college if I after college and everything like that but just thank you for as I said being there for me and loving me and just helping me know that you're always there for me and I hope you guys can keep on doing that for the next generation that comes up after me forever hopefully so yeah that's yeah. all I got really awesome the church has such a strong legacy of doing that for people I, I think about colleges that will keep track of their alumnus alumni 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 alumnuses <laughs> there's so many variations yeah. of that word um, 
but you, you know they have that like astounding alumni of the year or what have you and they keep track of where their people go and sometimes i wish the church would do that because in a similar way we invest so much of our time and energy and, and even financial resources into training young people and sometimes i think we maybe forget a little bit about them and where they go but yeah. um you know the church like you're acknowledging there the church deserves some of the credit for loving on you guys and training you up so i appreciate that word uh, for the church and um, certainly we'll be keeping track of you and what you do over the next I hope four so. <laughs> years yeah right we've invested too much in you now yeah. so well good deal thanks uh, for taking some time to to talk for a little bit take some chunk out of your saturday and sure. um any particular picks for the final four i know we have uh two texas schools playing in one of the rounds here or one of the games uh-huh. i want to see uh, baylor winning it all so. you want to see baylor winning it yeah, all big all right. 12 all the way big 12 <laughs> fair enough yeah all right we'll see how it goes thanks Merritt. thanks for having me well good deal i don't know how many of you out there uh, follow the college basketball tournament march madness but we did actually end up seeing uh, baylor win it all so Merritt got his wish there and that was an exciting uh, exciting tournament and a lot of us will remember of course acu getting their first win over the university of texas and uh, man, just a fun tournament and uh, a good conversation that we got to have with Merritt. And so I want to continue to invite you t- folks that are listening to be praying uh, for Merritt and his decision. Uh, so appreciate the maturity that he demonstrated thinking through um, not just where he wants to go to school and what's he what he wants to do, uh, be it baseball or, or just school and, and, and whatnot. Um, but I hope you hear the maturity and the thoughtfulness he's putting into this conversation, uh, all the while b- believing and trusting that God uh, is waiting for him on whichever road he decides to take. Um, and I just so appreciate the the way that he's approaching it and the thoughtfulness that he brings to the table. Um, and, and man, just, just a, a pleasure to get to uh, talk to these young people who um, I think demonstrate uh, in a lot of ways a wisdom beyond their years. And I know that uh, he will be blessed uh, in, in his life because he um, wants to engage the Lord in his decisions and wants to um, be wise in making those decisions. So again, just so impressive. Um, that's it for this week, folks. Tune in next week. Like I said, we should not have our audio issue anymore. Should be all good moving forward. And uh, these are just so much fun to make. We have one more senior next week. And after that, uh, we'll be bringing some new content. So look forward uh, to that. See you next time.